0: Welcome to Witch and Goddess. I'm your host, Patty Black. I'm a witch, a teacher, and priestess. Goddess devotion is an essential part of my craft, and many goddesses are my cohorts in magic. Each episode, we explore a different goddess, her lore, and how to connect with her energetically and magically. Welcome back, dear listener. Have I mentioned that I love hearing from you? It's true. If you follow Witch and Goddess Pod on Instagram, we can connect there, or you can leave voice messages on the Witch and Goddess page on Anchor FM, or you can email me at witchandgoddesspod at gmail.com. You can also find me at blackbirdmagic.com, that's magic with a K, and from there you can connect with my Facebook page and groups. I've had some requests for more content on discovering or choosing the right goddess for you and I would love to dig into it. As always, this is one witch's perspective on varied and highly personal practices. Take what serves you and your path. First, let's dispel the idea that you can only be devoted to one deity, or that you must pull from a single pantheon, or that you must have a god and a goddess. You don't need a matching set. These may be guidelines in specific traditions, but they don't have to be rules that you accept for your personal practice. And I found that deity rarely feels compelled to follow humanity's so-called rules. Deities that I have worked with are not jealous and don't expect me to work with them solely. In fact, my primary goddess often guides me to work with other goddesses in order to learn certain lessons. I have to admit that I still struggle with feeling disloyal when I work with other goddesses, like I'm cheating, but that's my issue, not hers. Now, there are some deities who don't mix well with each other. There are some who require a lot of attention and frequent offerings. Every deity has a distinct personality, and it's important to research and get to know their preferences. But don't assume that they are jealous, like the Christian God. You are allowed to compile the divine team that works for you, your practice, and your passions. It's refreshing, right? A common question, to choose or be chosen, is worth exploring. To clarify, I am speaking of the differences between receiving a message or calling from a specific deity, an invitation to work with them, or choosing a deity that you want to work with and striking up a relationship on your own. Honestly, I think both options are valid and important at different points in your path. It helps to ask ourselves, what are my ultimate objectives when building relationships with deities? The answer to this question will likely change a few times throughout your practice. In my experience, and to my great disappointment in my 20s, not everyone is immediately called by deity. I yearned for that experience for over a decade before I was in the right state to receive it. It truly is different for everyone. And just because you haven't heard a call does not mean that you won't, or that you are in any way inferior. We can waste a lot of our magic comparing our paths to those of other witches. Please don't fall into that trap. In the meantime, you can choose. If you haven't received an invitation from a goddess, you're not prohibited from initiating a relationship yourself. Research goddesses. Not to find one for a specific spell or working, but to see whose stories and themes call to and inspire you. Sometimes you begin to learn about a goddess and you just fall in love with her lore and personality. Sometimes an unexpected goddess just feels so very right or familiar. You don't have to worry about picking, quote, the right one. At this point, you're not dedicating to a life of service to her. You're just getting to know each other to see if you get along. A simple ritual can serve as an introduction of yourself and a statement that you're interested in pursuing a friendship. Then the ball is in her court, so to speak. She may respond resoundingly or not at all. You may not receive a response for weeks or months. Goddesses don't exactly follow human timelines. No response is not necessarily a no. It could simply mean not now. You might also consider how you expect a goddess to exist in your practice and your life. In the early days of my practice, decades ago, I was recovering from a childhood spent deep in the Christian church. I can see now that I looked at goddesses as female versions of the Christian God, and even that much innovation was hugely exciting to me. To see women represented as divine, I can't express how moving it was for me. I remember one of the first times I spoke to another witch, he asked what drew me to Wicca, which was what I was exploring at the time. I remember speaking primarily about the reverence of a goddess figure, and I even became tearful trying to explain just how important it was to me. Back then, I was looking at the craft as my replacement religion, and it's apparent now that I was trying to plug aspects of Wicca and witchcraft into the template of I knew from Christianity. You must have a God-type figurehead to worship, right? Gotta have someone to put on the altar, after all. I was still so indoctrinated in the Christian structure that I didn't really have the ability to see that it wasn't the only way. Now, there's nothing wrong with practicing that way if it suits you. I just didn't realize that even though I was calling myself a witch and had officially left Christianity... I was still occupying a Christian-shaped box. It didn't occur to me that there was a life outside of that box, and it took me a while to push outside of those boundaries. So at the time, I was just looking to cast an open role in my new religion, a female god to put on my altar, a feminine name to pray to. My relationship with the Christian god had been very flat. It involved authority, consequence, and obedience. I prayed and assumed he heard, but for me there was never interaction or connection. This shaped my understanding and expectations of possible relations with the goddess. At the time, I wasn't really expecting interaction from deity. A big part of me suspected that they were only archetypes modeling lessons for us. I suspect this is common for other witches from Christian backgrounds. If this sounds familiar, know that I'm not judging— just attempting to explain that you may experience a shift in how you relate to and interact with deity. So if you are looking for that figurehead name to pray to, I would just like to plant the seed of possibility that you can expect more, more interaction, more cooperation, more magic from goddesses. Now, I try not to criticize others' ways of practicing. I really believe that we are not supposed to have the same path as everyone else. I truly believe that it is not only acceptable, but better when we have different, even contradictory paths. But there's one specific method that I really think we should avoid. The tendency for some of us in pagan and craft communities to read a few lines about a deity's primary associations or strengths and then add them to corresponding spells is at best, ineffective. At worst, you risk offending certain deities. My whole practice revolves around a central understanding that gods and goddesses are not correspondences that can be plugged into your magical work at will. It's easy to understand why we might have gotten this impression. It was certainly my understanding early on when reading spell books and some goddess reference guides, there were breezy, casual suggestions to, quote, Call on Aphrodite to draw love into your life. Or hey, why don't you just invoke Artemis to reach your goals? I hope that isn't how my goddess episodes sound. What I try to encourage is learning about the themes and energy of a goddess in order to determine whether she is one you would like to build a relationship with. Or to learn enough about her to recognize her call. I don't recommend calling upon any deity for magical favors or assistance, until you have developed a reciprocal relationship. Consider you're doing an abundance spell. You have no previous relationship with Goddess Lakshmi, but she's well known as a goddess of abundance and prosperity. Should you include her in your spell? Or should you call in a deity that you've started to build a rapport with, who isn't necessarily known for abundance? 100% of the time, my answer is to work with the one you have a relationship with. They know you. They care about you. Ideally, you've been making offerings. Just because a deity isn't most known for a certain correspondence doesn't mean that they aren't able to help. They are still gods, after all. A loving parent or a devoted friend will move mountains for you in any situation. So, while it's perfectly acceptable to choose a goddess... I believe you should choose her for much more than a one-off spell. And if you want to have a long and rewarding relationship, you don't start by immediately asking for favors. And There are lots of other motivations for finding your goddess. Perhaps you want that teaching relationship, a guide who will push you towards fulfilling your potential. In this case, you may be asked to overcome personal weaknesses The best goddess for the job isn't necessarily going to be the one you're most comfortable with. If you have a tendency to let others take advantage, you may find yourself called out by a powerhouse of personal sovereignty or an outspoken and daring goddess who can best show you how to overcome this challenge. In this situation, the goddess who chooses you may be your biggest blessing, one that you wouldn't have chosen for yourself. My thoughts on being chosen, or what feels more accurate to me, the phrase being called. So, to return to my theme, all goddesses are different, have their own personalities, and their own ways of interacting with us. Beyond that, they interact with individual followers differently as well. One of my favorite types of stories are those of goddess followers and their personal experiences with deity. I love it. They're all so varied, so dynamic. These goddesses know that we all need different things, have different lessons to learn, and different purposes to fulfill. They customize their appearance, their tone, even their signs and symbols to the follower. Is that witch over there reporting an interaction with Hecate that doesn't match your experience? That doesn't mean hers is false. My beautiful experience doesn't invalidate another person's gnosis. So the personal stories of the followers of a certain goddess can paint a picture, can connect us to her energy, and can give us a vague idea of what to expect when interacting. But they aren't conclusive. Allow room in your expectations for surprises. I like the phrase being called because it feels closer to my experiences and because sometimes the phrase being chosen implies that you don't have a choice in the matter. It can feel really special to be called by deity, but it can also feel overwhelming and even intimidating. We may have our favorite fantasy books in mind when this happens. We receive a mystical calling and signs. Now we are thrust on the hero's journey, whether we like it or not. That's a great plot device, but we do have free will. We get to accept the call, or not. Some deities may be pushier than others, But I've respectfully declined or postponed some invitations. Despite my fears, I did not have to face the wrath of a scorned goddess. If you have important work to do with a certain goddess, she'll come back around. The first time I was contacted by Hecate, she scared the shit out of me. Partly because I wasn't used to having goddesses in my face, waking me up in the dead of night. Partly because of her bold no-nonsense demeanor, and probably mostly because of her reputation. Most of what I had read painted her as scary, rough, etc. I thought of her as the tower card, and that to work with her, I would have to burn down my life as I knew it. I wasn't ready for that. I knew I wasn't brave enough yet. And I made it much scarier than it really was. I stewed, I worried for weeks. It felt like I had been summoned to the principal's office, and something scary was awaiting me. I really didn't think I could opt out. I thought I had no choice. Finally, one night, as I was drifting off to sleep, she just popped up in my head again. She said so clearly, and matter of fact, Patty, it's up to you. There was this definite feeling of, it's no skin off my back either way. She had other things to do than wait around for me to get over my vapors. And she wasn't offended or insulted in the least. How could she be? She's a goddess. That was a huge learning moment for me. I was so relieved. I didn't have to do the scary thing. I wasn't in trouble. And most importantly, I was driving this car. I got to direct my journey. A quiet part of me knew that she would be back, that I would accept her later. And that's also worked out beautifully. So being chosen or being called can look like a lot of things. You can find yourself inundated with a certain symbol or sign of a goddess, keys or black dogs, for example, with Hecate, symbols showing up on billboards, conversations with friends, dreams, and social media feeds. Or it can be your own personal knowing. It may not be dramatic. That doesn't make it any less important. It can be a knowing in your gut or heart when you see her name. It can be a message in a dream, and you just know it's her. It can be multiple people mentioning or recommending a book related to her. My advice is to trust that knowing and maybe follow up with some divination and research. And a final thing to consider, some goddesses are very subtle, almost sneaky. Morgan Le Fay is like this. These goddesses may place themselves in your realm of awareness or otherwise arrange an opportunity for you to choose them. Hmm. In summary, I don't believe that being called or chosen is any more valid or magical than choosing a goddess, and when you really look at the situation, sometimes it's very hard to pinpoint who did the choosing. I think in most situations, you choose each other. How does she show up for you? How do you experience her? How are you called to her? You can leave voice messages with your experiences of the goddesses I have covered or general questions and comments about the intersection of goddess work and witchcraft. It's easy to record a voice message for me by going to the Witch and Goddess page on anchor.fm. You'll see a little plus sign icon with the word message. Let me know at the beginning if you'd like me to include the message in an episode. Then just click that baby and talk to me. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and share this podcast with fellow magical people. You can directly support this show by visiting the witch and goddess page at anchor.fm and clicking that support button. Follow the show on Instagram at Witch and Goddess Pod, or find my programs classes and groups at Blackbirdmagic.com, on Facebook at Blackbird Magic, or email me at witch and at gmail.com.